Uh, well, I want to start by just thanking Pastor C for giving me the honor and the privilege of um, ministering this evening such a powerful and um, delicate topic. So God bless you, um, Pastor Steve, for uh, for that. So this evening we are the t- the uh, title is keeping your marriage fresh, Amen. And um, I wanted to start this off by just um, acknowledging uh, the fact that Jesus, God, is the one that instituted the um, instituted marriage. Amen. So with that, I wanted us to turn to Genesis chapter 2, verses 18, and then verses 21 to 25. So I wanted us just to begin from the beginning. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh." And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Amen. Marriage was instituted by Christ. It was not meant to be shameful. It was not meant to be an act or a show of weakness of any type, sort, or kind. It was instituted by God for a reason. Um, So I wanted us to start off that way because sometimes uh, we view marriage uh, incorrectly amen so i want to just to have a a sound base for us uh this this evening so we put so much effort into um finding a partner and the wedding and everything um that we sometimes somehow expect because we put so much effort into finding the right person into finding the right partner We somehow expect things to just be rosy and merry and sweet after marriage. But the truth of it is that marriage requires a lot of effort, work, and attention. Amen. So um, what does it take to keep our marriage fresh? Like I said, it takes commitment, effort, and intentionality. Marriage was never meant to be a trial and error process. We were not meant to just uh, see, you know, try it with one person, see if it works, and if it doesn't work, get a divorce, and then try it with another person to see if it's going to work. Marriage was never meant that way. Marriage was meant one man, one woman, until death do us part. So these are some of the thoughts um, about marriage I wanted to share. And like I said, I'm just, this is just a base that I'm starting off with. I want us to give us a good ground base, a good uh, perspective um, of marriage. And um, uh, so before we get into how to keep it fresh. Okay, so first, a marriage is made up of 
two. This is, so we have to acknowledge this. It's, a, it's made up of two very unique people. Which means that no two marriages are going to be the same or equal. So comparing our marriage to another is going to be not only unfair to the one that we're marrying, but also quite unjust because there's only one of you, there's only one of your spouse, uh, there's only one of each of you. So when, you, when we come together um, in marriage, in the Institute of Marriage, you create a unique, a uniqueness. So we should stay away from comparing ourselves or our marriage in its entirety to, some, to another. So that's first. Uh, second is I want us to see our marriage as we go through this journey this evening kind of uh, like a garden. Why? Because a garden requires a lot of working. Right, A garden requires you to water it every single day, to pay attention to it every day. And marriage is very uh, similar to that. Okay, The scripture in Genesis holds God's intention for man to have one woman and live together to become one flesh. But a lot of things are not automatic. Okay, so third, third thing that I want to... Um, have a good perspective on is that we need to allow ourselves to always be willing to transition in our marriages. What does that mean? That means that change is inevitable. And when we're married, we have to understand, like I started before, we had two individuals and two individuals go through their change and they're both becoming one, which means that both partners must be able to adapt and be flexible. Does that make sense? Um, otherwise, in the transitioning, we could lose one another. So the whole aim in our marriage is that we grow together and we grow as one, that you continue to move with your partner, okay? Otherwise, that's why we start to lose the, the what people call passion or the the luster of the marriage, you know, um, the shininess of the marriage, because sometimes we lose our partner in the turns and intent transitions of life. And we're going to get more into that a little bit later, but I did want to touch on that because flexibility and adaptability is very important. Amen. Okay, so, so far, do we have any questions on that, on what I've shared? No. Okay, good. Okay, well, not good, but let's continue. Okay, so now that we have that down, right? So how do we keep this long life, long life tech limit fresh? And if you guys do have questions, please, um, I will pause uh, throughout. So write them down. And then when if I pause and you have the question, I want us to feel free and dialogue. Amen. Okay, so some key. Uh, so let's get into some key things about marriage and keeping it fresh. Okay, so the first thing here we have is communication in a marriage. So now I know um, a lot of different personalities are going to take communication very differently. 
But so how do we communicate in our marriage and how do we communicate with our spouses, right? And you're thinking, oh, what does this mean about keeping it fresh? Because like I said, in order to keep our marriage fresh, we have to be able to um, adapt. We have to be able to be flexible. We can't be flexible if we don't communicate with each other. So communication is a big piece. Um, And we have to realize that communication is not only verbal. It's not only um, saying the nice things. It's not only in that. Communication is how we say it, our body language, our actions, okay? It's also in the things that we don't say. A big part of communication is a lot of things that we don't say. Um, So communication also builds intimacy. Communication builds intimacy in a marriage. So how do, we, how do we communicate with each other? So here I have number one under communication. You guys ready? Is And this one um, was just a big eye-opener for me, is knowing each other's love language. Now, last week, I, I touched on this a little bit, and um, it becomes more crucial in a marriage and keeping it fresh, keeping it going, um, is knowing each other's love language. And now these, these are taken, this is taken from the book. Okay, there's a book. I did use resources for this evening, and I will share them as we go along. Um, this is taken from The Five Love Languages, and it's by Gary Chapman. And you can read the book and uh, glean a little bit more wisdom from it. But basically, the author talks about five different love languages. Um, most of the people, the majority of us, will receive love this way. This is how we know somebody loves us. And so sometimes, because our love language is a certain way, we think that giving the love the way we receive love is how the other person will feel love. But sometimes it's not how it goes because our partner is going to have a different love language. So what are they? Okay, so if you guys haven't read it's fine. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, Acts of service, gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Now, what does that mean? It means, let's say somebody's love language is words of affirmation. That means your partner likes it when, and they have to be truthful. You can't just make stuff up, but they have to be honest and truthful things to affirm them. You know, uh, you did a great job. Um, uh, You know, if you were there for a presentation, you did a great job at your presentation. You know, just things that affirm your spouse. Okay. And these become very important because what we don't realize is each and every single person has an emotional bank account okay and this emotional bank account we can either deposit or we can take away from that emotional bank account and when it comes to our marriages and communicating how much you know we love them and keeping things fresh and keeping things going and the fire burning so to speak you want to be able to communicate to your spouse and deposit make more deposits than deficits. Does that make sense? 
So uh, another example, if your spouse is the kind that likes gifts, bringing them a small, a small gesture, uh, a flower, that for them is going to be a big deposit in their emotional bank. Okay. Um, and I think we all can all understand what a deficit would be, right? Um, when, we, when we take out of their emotional bank. So um, single people, if you're not married, why is it important? It's still important to know your love language because you want to know what checks your boxes, what ticks your boxes, right? You want to know uh, how you work. It's important to know what ministers to us as well. So you also want to know your own love language, okay, as well as your spouse's. So you could tell your spouse, listen, I like this, I, I don't like that, and I like this because, you know, it, it, it becomes a communication piece. Okay, um, the next thing we have here is, along with that, um, and of course, it could, you know, knowing each other can also be a great start to refreshing your marriage. That could also be a great place to start, okay? If you haven't started, you're kind of stuck. This would be a great place to start with that. Okay, the next thing um, is studying and paying attention to your spouse. Now, this sounds really, really obvious, but sometimes we can get so busy and so hyper-focused in our lives and what's going on in our individual lives, we don't uh, pay attention to our spouses. Now, um, I, I've seen some funny things and some not so funny things because, you know, um, a husband doesn't, be, doesn't seem, doesn't feel seen or seen by their wife or vice versa. A wife doesn't feel seen by their husband, you know, uh, things like letting them know that, uh, you know, you pay attention to what they wear. You pay attention to how they, they dress. Um, let them know that you're paying attention to them, right? Um, an important thing that I always say about, about marriage is we have to be a student of our spouse. Always learn what they're liking, what they're not liking, right? Because people change all the time. We grow, we mature. And so um, has your husband's tastes changed? You know, has your wife's tastes changed? Be updated on your spouse's preferences. Um, so I can tell you a story. So I, ha I, have, um, I have some friends. So my friend, she, at, the, at that point, uh, they had been married. They've been married for a long time. But at that point, when she told me this story, and I always remember it, um, and it ministered to me, was that she, um, she had been married for about 10 years at that point. And she was home with her husband one day. The kids weren't home at that point. I think they had been in school or something. And she decided just to spend some time with her husband. So she decided to make some tea and just sit down and talk because they hadn't had that, that time. It, you know, it had been some, some time, things had happened, kids happened. So she decided to have some downtime with her husband and just have some tea and sit down and chat. And as she was making the tea, she called her husband over and um, she was make, she, her husband asked her, what, tea, what was she doing? She's like, I'm making tea for us, you know, just so that we could, you know, sit down and just chat and talk and stuff like that. 
And her husband tells her that, oh, I, um, could you make me some Earl Grey tea? She looked a little puzzled because she didn't know or realize that her husband's taste had changed. He, she was like, Earl Grey, I didn't know when you started drinking Earl Grey tea. You know, he was like, yeah, it's my favorite tea. What do you mean? You know, like we've been married together for so long. You don't know that like Earl Grey tea. So she was a little bit like taken aback by it. But um, and it seems like something really, really small. But sometimes in a marriage, it's the little things. Yes. It's the little things that matter because we are paying attention to our spouse and our spouse uh, feels uh, loved our our spouse, you know, when you take their favorite candy, you take their favorite tea to them, they feel like, wow, you were thinking about me. You go out and uh, you buy something small that they like. You know, it shows that you were thinking. You know, these little things can spark, spark a marriage and it can refresh a marriage. Amen. So that's why I say that we have to be a student of our spouses. And she took a lesson home that day. She said that, wow, I think me and my husband, we need to start sitting down and chatting more often. We need to spend more time together. You know, that's what she took home um, from that moment. Amen. Okay, so with that said, we also have to be involved in, that's, that's my next point here under communication. This is all under communication, is to be involved in our spouse's life. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that we're controlling. It doesn't mean that we're trying to manipulate them. That's not what I'm saying here. My point is saying and being involved means that we're stepping into their world, right? We're stepping into their shoes. What is it like to be them? What did they go through? Because that breeds understanding of one another, you know, uh, my husband is tired. He's come home from work. I should give him some space. You know, these, these small gestures can really help to build intimacy in a marriage. They can help build each other up. Amen. Uh, uh, how was work? You know, when was the last time we asked our spouse how work was going for them? What's going on in your life? You know, what are you up to late? What are your hobbies? What are your likes? You know, your date, date your spouse. That's, that's the bottom line here. Um, in order to f- effectively communicate with our spouse, we should date our spouse. Amen. When was the last time we went on a date, chatted, talked about life, talked about where you're at? What are your goals? What are your dreams? What's your vision right now? Where are you standing right now? And we step into their world. You know, that, that, that really can cause some great intimacy to happen in a marriage and can really reinforce and build a marriage strong. Amen. And that's at the end of the day, that's what we want. I'm going to turn to Song of Solomon, um, chapter 5, verse 16. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 16. Now, this book is, um, it's in scripture, and I think it teaches a lot about um, passion and love, okay? Um, so it starts, his mouth is most sweet. Yes, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. 
Our spouse should be our friend. Your BFF, your partner in life, your partner in crime. And we should build those things into our marriage that shows that we are friends. Amen. So I wanted to, so even, even in a book so passionate and so full of love, um, you can see them calling each other brother. You can see in the scripture them calling each other sister. You can see in the scripture of Song of Song talking about, you're my friend. These things are passionate. They're full of love. Amen. So, so I wanted to leave us with, with this um, before I, I go into the next one is if we haven't gone out on a date with our spouse lately, make the time sometime this month between in the month of love and take your spouse out on a date. Amen. And just chat and talk. And please do not talk about the kids do not talk about chores at home or, or such. Just talk about each other and get to know each other. Amen. Okay. So that's that. That's the communication piece um, about talking and chatting. Number two. So here we have number two. Now this one sounds less maybe perhaps romantic. Um, but yet still ties into uh, the, the, the romantic love, the fresh, that freshness that we're looking for in marriage very much so, okay? And that is going to be mental health and physical health or wellness. Why is that crucial? And be, because it ties into our sexual relationship with our spouse. That's why. The act of sex requires us to give our body to another. And, if, and that means that it's mind and body. And if we're not healthy in mind and body, it becomes difficult. Are we all following? It becomes very difficult. And I know this topic is very sensitive, but I'm going to kind of touch on it. And then, um, well, you'll see what I mean. I'm going to touch on it and without going in too deep into it, okay? So um, let's start with our mental health. It's important that we keep our mental health. We need to guard our minds. It's very, very important, especially in our marriages, to make sure that we're not believing lies of the enemy, lies about our spouses, lies about our children. We need to keep our mental health intact. How do we do that? Keeping communion with God, having a devotional, having your own personal prayer life, um, having personal time for meditation. You know, it's harder to give of yourself when we're depressed, we're worried, we're full of anxiety. Um, maybe, maybe our spouses have uh, some type of disorder that we're unaware of. And, you know, those things 
Um, that's why sometimes this, this topic can be a little touchy. Um, and I know it's being recorded, so I want to be, I want to be careful and gentle with the issue. Um, but at the same time, we should be supportive of our, of our spouse when they're going through something. And also if our spouse needs space to allow them that space to just bring them to that place where they can be with us. Amen. Does that make sense? Sometimes we need to give our spouse that space. They need time to get their things straight. Okay. And that's okay. We have, we have, we must, we, we should allow, we should allow. Um, when our minds are at a peaceful state, then our affections will be on our spouses more easily and we can enjoy one another better. Um, the last thing I'm going to say about this is don't be afraid to seek professional Christian counseling if need be. Please do not suffer in silence. Don't let your spouse suffer in silence. Um, sometimes when one is going, you know, if the issue is your spouse maybe is going through something and you're having a hard time handling it, but they don't want to go to counseling, it's okay for us to go to counseling to maybe be able to better help us and the situation in, in the marriage. Amen. Because that can also help your spouse to, to come up and out. Sometimes when we want to seek change, the first person we start with is ourselves. Amen. It's with ourselves. So, okay. So some, I want to just debunk a few things about counseling because I know it's a very sensitive topic. And sometimes as Christians, we don't always talk about it. Um, but I just really quick, when we seek counseling, it doesn't mean that we have weak faith. Please, let's not get into that. It doesn't mean that we, we it just means we're having a hard time and we need extra help. That's all it means. Okay. It does not mean that you're crazy. It doesn't mean you will be labeled as crazy. It's a private matter. And sometimes you will not always need therapy forever. It's not something that we're always stuck. Sometimes we just need, like I said, a little bit extra help. Amen. Okay. So that's enough mental health. So the next thing I wanted to touch was also physical health and well-being. We should be checking our health once in a while. Uh, how's your blood pressure, sugar, you know, um, because certain health conditions can affect your marriage. It's, it's just what it is. You know, what affects one is going to affect you. What your spouse is going through affects you, you know, and vice versa. What happens to you, it affects your spouse. So it would be unselfish of us not to take care of our own health and take responsibility for it. Um, and with that, with physical health also comes just hygiene. Look and smell good for your, for your spouse. You know, all types of hygiene. I just wanted to say that and keep it out there. Um, and don't have judgments. There's no judgments about it. Um, we're all humans. Things happen. You know, um, just a little tender, loving care sometimes is all, is all we need. Okay, amen. So far, is everybody okay? Anybody have questions up to this point? Okay. All right. Uh, so we have, here we go, number three. How do we keep our marriage fresh? How do we keep it going? 
build each other up and be each other's safe zone. Be each other's safe zone. You're, if, if you're a wife, when your husband comes home, your husband should feel like he wants to be home. Our husbands, and, and it, that goes vice versa. If, if your wife comes home, your wife should feel like the home is her safe place. Uh, so how do we do that? How do we uh, build each other up and create the safe zone? Um, well, first of all, like I was saying earlier, the judgmental, being judgmental and critical is going to be something that we need to steer away from. Um, th- now, the example I'm about to give you is, is uh, from a movie, uh, just because I think sometimes it's a little bit better of an example, but it, because it does happen um, in real life. But um, I was once watching, it was, it was watch watching a movie and it was about just, it was really just about couples. It's like, I think three or four couples and their journey through marriage basically is what it was about. Um, and this one woman was just having, uh, going through depression and she was going through depression because of her career, but she wasn't saying it. And uh, her hair, she wasn't washing her hair at all. And there was a scene in the movie where her husband wanted to touch her hair and was like, you know, like, was like, what's going on with my wife's hair? Like, why? So she, he asked, he said, what's wrong? What's in your hair? She's like, she just gently said, I haven't washed it. So he did actually address the issue at that moment in time. He waited. He waited till he had a good time. They were sitting in the car. They were going somewhere. He just casually brought it up. So, um what's going on so is there why haven't you washed your hair you know the way we address a certain issue with our spouses without judgment without criticism but in love and gentleness is gonna be a big deal because we will build each other up amen is that clear we're building each other up so when he said it in such a loving way, in a way that he was concerned about her well-being, she was able to respond and answer. And the next scene, you see her washing her hair and she was fine and she was coming because they had that conversation about what was going on with her career and she addressed the issue. And I think these little things sometimes do crawl in um, because we're humans, because we're people and things happen. Amen. So, okay. So enough of that said. So um, build each other up. We should be each other's safe zone. You know, um, when, when our spouse comes home, are we supportive? Are we showing emotional support to each other? Um, are we giving encouraging words? You know, the Bible says to uh, talk to each other with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Are we doing that? Our spouses are included in that how are we speaking what is our tone you know all these things um, will help build up our partner we have to remember that men just like women also have insecurities so how are we building up our spouses do we know those insecurities so that we can first first corinthians 13 is a, a wonderful example of how we can show love 
to one another. I'm also going to read Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 16. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden, that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. Our homes should be pleasant places where our our spouses should be able to eat from. Amen. Whatever the appetite is, and obviously, you know, we could talk about that, but they should be holy, of course. They should eat from us. Amen. Does that make sense? And that way, they also feel safe. It builds that safety zone in your marriage. Okay. Amen. Okay, so the last one here, we're almost done, and then we're gonna have we're gonna take questions. The last one, well, almost the last one. I'm actually two more, but let's see how we go. Uh, I'll try to maybe be brief with this one. Do a financial health checkup. Why? Because finances can really dampen the the passion of a marriage and suck it out. So do a financial checkup. How do we do this? We have to sit with our spouses and have the money talk. Whatever works for you, whether uh, I think a minimum of twice a year is, is good. Check on the budget. Check on the family budget. What's coming in? What's going out? Where are we? Are we good? Do we need to save more money? Uh, do we have retirement plans in place? Um, because sometimes, you know, a spouse may not verbally tell you, but they're worried about maybe the state of the fight. And, and that, that just starts, it, it can be a little fox in your garden and, and can kind of mess things up. So do financial checkups, um, have retirement goals, talk about that. Talk about your financial goals, talk about retirement goals, have them in place, have a budget in place. Um, what are your main expenses? Uh, your, you know, some couples have, you know, your, your own, um, family budget and then your personal budget. Okay. If you have that luxury, that's great. Um, that that's okay. I think those things are very, very important. Um, don't do, you know, avoid hiding lines of credit from your husband or, or spouse or wife. Make sure that those things are honest and open. Let each other know what your debt is. What, what do you have on your plate? What's going on financially speaking? You know, be open and honest. I, I think that's the big key with that. I think that will be um, our biggest takeaway with that. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to leave finances there because we don't have more time. Uh, number five, and this is the last thing. I said earlier that I was going to touch on transitions in marriage um, and with that we we have to be we have to be very intentional when it comes to transitions which means that we have to make up our minds and say that I'm going to be flexible and adaptable 
Like I said earlier, our marriages are constant. They constantly need attention like a garden. So we need to have a plan in place. We have to have intentionality. Okay, we have to have our mind made up that uh, whatever whatever happens, we have to we have to shift and change what we need to change in order to keep going, in order to keep our marriage fresh, in order to you know keep the weeds out, the little foxes out, make sure that we're catching them and pulling them out. Amen. And I think that that's a big part of that. Um, so. Um, so let me just, I don't think I have too much time. So how do we do that? How do we keep adaptable? How do we keep changeable? So these these steps that I'm about to share with you I actually took out uh, from a book and I, I thought they were, they're, they're extremely powerful. They're from uh, Creflo and Taffy Dollar's book, A Successful Family. And these are the steps that is outlined and, and they're so spot on. Um, turn our will completely to God. God instituted the marriage. God understands the changes that are going through. So when we submit our will to him, he's going to help us through and adapt and change. Um, the second thing is possess a strong desire to change. We have to understand that changes happen, and so we have to have that it's okay mentality, okay? The next, number three is deepen our knowledge base. I said this last week. I don't think it goes without saying reading is fundamental. That's the only way we're going to deepen our knowledge base is reading. If, if finance is the issue, read books on finances. Uh, get material on it, learn more. How do we do this? How do we do that? Increase our knowledge base, things that have to change. Read about it, okay? Uh, scriptures, look in, uh, so the fourth thing, look into the word of God as a mirror to change. The, the word of God is the greatest mirror that we can use. Um, number five, apply the truths that you glean from God's word, right? It's one thing to see it, but then we also have to, apply it. Number six, guard the entrance of our heart. Big one. Number seven, guard the mind against negative thoughts. Number eight, be open to correction and remain teachable. Number nine, disassociate from the past. That's a big one. I wish I had time to talk about that, but we don't. But disassociate from the past. Number 10, Depend on God and others for support. Amen. And I'm actually going to end with that because I do want us to have time to discuss and to dialogue um, a little bit. But uh, so, like I said, I'm going to round this up by just saying transitions are a big part. We have to be able to, you know, recognize that our spouse is going through something and how how do we um adapt and change okay how do we adapt and change and how do we meet those needs can we meet those needs what does the what does god's word say about that and so forth and so on amen okay so uh we're gonna go into questions um right now so we had a question here says to slow down um to give you the points Okay, so let's let's go again. 
Uh, so we're, we're, the points you're we're referring to is uh, how to change and transition. So number one was to turn our will completely to God. Number two was possess a strong desire to change. Number three, deepen our knowledge base. Number four, look into the word of God as a mirror to change. Number five, apply the truths of God. Number six, guard the entrance of our heart. Number seven, guard the mind against negative thoughts. Number eight, be open to correction and remain teachable. Be open to correction and remain teachable. Number nine, disassociate from the past. Disassociate from the past. Your past is your past. It's under the blood of Christ. New beginnings happen. We have to be able to step into our new beginnings. Uh, number 10, depend on God and others for support. Okay. What, uh, any comments or questions that we may have? Maybe something that you would have liked uh, for us to touch that we didn't touch. So I did see um, in the comment box that um, somebody commented that, um, you know, they thought that being friends with their spouse was was very, very important. Uh, what else did you guys take away from this? What are some takeaways for you guys? I want to hear from you guys. Um, so for me, um, I would say my number one takeaway, okay, maybe it was two. One of it is um, you share something about speaking to um one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. I've read that verse a number of times, but I don't know why I never connected it with um, speaking to your spouse with um, like with those guidelines or with those mm -hmm. um, thoughts in mind, right? Mm -hmm. I never connected it um, in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I really like the fact that when I'm going to speak to my husband about something, I should um, say it in love. Because the way I see it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So that's one takeaway for me. And then another one is going to be about the finances. Because I feel like sometimes it's like a topic that some, um, some couples try and avoid sometimes because it's uncomfortable. Because yeah. with that one, you're trying to say maybe sometimes one person is spending in a way that maybe it's not... Could be detrimental to the family 
in yes. the end. So sometimes it's uncomfortable to bring some of these things up. But I like the fact that you're saying uh, it can be a little fox. It can be a thorn in the beautiful garden that you're trying to, you know, you're trying to cultivate or you're trying to build up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the uncomfortable things need to be said, but they should be said in love so that the, the marriage will, you know, will remain fresh and will blossom. So these are my takeaways. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Barbara. Those are powerful, powerful contributions. Um, when, you know, she, she, she mentioned uh, talking to your, to your spouse and saying it in a loving way, saying it in a, in a, in a safe zone way um, that avoids criticism and being judgmental. Um, the other thing that um, I would want to add to that too is, and I don't know if you got that from the example, there's also a time and a place. Get the right timing and the right place. You know, if our spouse is in the middle of an important project, it's not the greatest time to bring up the topic, okay? Um, if they're having a hard week, it's not the best time. Pick pick a good time. Um, and then, so so I thought that was that was extremely powerful. And then the finances. It is, it is a very delicate topic, um, which is why we can use maybe the word money date. You know, have a, you know, start a conversation by just saying, you know, um, I want us to do like a money date. What is that? Oh, well, you know, we could just come together, talk about our budget and let's put things down. Let's think about our future. You know, exactly how um, Barbara said it, you know, saying it in that loving way in that safe, safe place. Amen. That was powerful. Thank you. Um, anybody else? Yeah. Um, um, is it always good to, you know, create a, a safe zone or a, a good atmosphere? to discuss issues or can we discuss issues there and then because we always say that oh let's create you know a very good atmosphere when things are good but i think that there are certain issues that mm-hmm. must be dealt with there and then because if it is not tackled the the say the, the, the husband or the wife will, will be stressed out but when the issue is addressed there and then, I think uh, when in the situation, we can defer it or we can talk about it there and then. Dino, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I know what you're, what you're trying to say. And yes, there are certain issues with wisdom that can be addressed there and then. The only caution I would have is we should not embarrass our spouse. That's the only caution that I would have because if we're, you know, it happens in a public place, um, it's best to take it to a private location. Um, because, because we want our spouse to know that we love them and it's not meant to bring them down, it's meant to bring them up. So, yeah, I do understand that there are situations 
where we would need to talk to our spouse then and there. But please do take them uh, away. You know, listen, can I talk to you in the kitchen? Uh, um, can I talk to you in the red room? Do, do, does that make sense? Um, and that's okay, definitely. There is wisdom in that. Amen. That, that's also, that was also a very, very good question, a very good point. Thank you. Anybody else? We have we have a few more minutes for one or two more. Okay, Miss Fran, you can go, please. Thank you. So um, I have a contribution with uh, the communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really love the, the fact that you started with that, you know, communication, how we say it, our body mm-hmm. language, especially we, the women, you know, we communicate with our eyes. Mm-hmm. We, uh, and I know that um, especially with us, if things are not going on well, we might not even say anything. Our mm-hmm. whole attitude, mood, temperature, mm-hmm. will affect everything that's going yes. on. In the, yes. In the, and do so, we do this? Uh, we do this. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Preach, Miss Ryan. Go ahead. So I believe that, you know, in order to keep our marriages fresh, mm-hmm. um, have to, you know, uh, help, you know, how do I say it? we have to be able to um, make sure that if we have anything that is on our heart that we have to communicate with our husbands, like you rightly said, we have to check, um, you know, how he's doing, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, your spouse comes back from, from work. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that, you know. I had to learn. Uh, 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 my husband and I had to sit down and discuss because once he came back, I just wanted to yes. download thing yeah. right there because that's my outlet. Right. You right. Know, it's my outlet. So I have to tell him from 8 o'clock when I clocked in, uh, 8 05, you know, the email that I got and this, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I, I selfish. Yeah. I didn't even ask, what was your day? Or give him that 10 or 15 minutes to mm-hmm. uh compress and let him be himself so i that you know uh in keeping our marriages fresh we have to learn each other Mm -hmm. and also be selfless Mm -hmm. and um you know even if as women we have a lot of things that we want to say um we take time and uh know that your spouse is also his own person Mm -hmm. he's gotten things that happen to him there's a project that's on his mind and he's working towards it and men do a lot of thinking in their head they do you know without stressing it out to to you know uh the women and they carry it on and that's how men are built they are able to handle a lot lot pressure and stress but with the women we're not able to we need to just let it out so i'll say that in keeping you know our marriages working we have to learn that there's a right time and a right place and also, one thing that I'd like to add is, um, if our schedule allows us, it doesn't all the time, mm-hmm. but if our schedule allows us out of the seven days, if it's possible, we have to take time to go to bed roughly around the same time. Mm-hmm. The reason being, you know, at the end of the day, when you're all in bed, you know, you're able to talk about things, 
and for it builds uh, intimacy, togetherness, feelings of security. Um, and then, you know, you if there are any challenges going on in the marriages, that is the time that we're able to pray together and um, ask God to help us uh, uh, overcome that. And the last thing I also want to say is that we also have to learn to forgive one another yes. and not to hold on to past hurt or, you know, or be a record keeper. Like, yes. oh, you know, three, three years ago today, this is what you did. Yes. And women, we are very good at that. Yes. But like you rightly said, it's a new day. We are, you know, um, uh, um, new people. Our past is our past. So we have to let those things go and be able to succeed at the marriage that we're in we cannot compare our marriages to somebody else's because you don't know what is going on over there the marriage or the grass always looks greener on at the other side and um i would say that with um pastor can you help me was it um abraham and lot or was it abraham and lot when they got to the crossroads and somebody had to move to Sodom and Gomorrah. Is it Abraham and uh, Lot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Abraham gave Lot the choice to pick. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Lot saw Sodom and Gomorrah and thought that, that you know, that was a very good place. Mm -hmm. And he went near, you know, all the outskirts. But later on, he went inside. You know, so we cannot compare our marriages to, um, you know, your friends because you don't know what's going on over there. Um, and in, in wrapping up, I would like to say that this is a very important topic and I really appreciate uh, what God is doing here. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you for that contribution. Some very, very powerful points. Uh, you, you said a lot. Um, definitely forgiveness is such a big thing. Uh, very important. She said so many things. I hope you guys uh, took note, but that was that was a big one. Um, I think somebody, pa Pastor Steve, do we still have time for one last? I think somebody else wanted to say one more thing. Do we still have time? Or okay, uh, uh, I'm not too sure who that is, sir. Did you did you want to uh, have a contribution? Before Miss, go ahead. Yes, um, I would like to um, touch on um, remain teachable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a sensitive, uh, you know, area in marriage. Mm -hmm. when um, maybe your spouse come in and he or she is tired and something goes wrong, and you want to, you know. Uh, put in that sort of pitching skills at times is 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 the the timing might be right but the way we we we, we address it the way we put across our you know things that will make the atmosphere conducive for you know for the marriage so it's like anytime something goes wrong you maybe the, the man or the husband or the teach the, the well, what to put across or teach our the the wife some something new, but if that goes on often, 
I believe that um, the, the wife might be cautious because, oh, in her mind, it's like you, you are always teaching me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In her mind, you, you know, but I believe that if you to, we, the men, want to teach or want to, you know, correct, we will, we, we should do it in the way that we will not hurt or in a way that we not, you know, stress our, mm -hmm. our, 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 our loving ones. Yeah. So Bible says that we should dwell with them in wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should mm -hmm. dwell with them in wisdom. So in that sense, we should pick up a date or pick up a time where the husband and the wife are in good mood so that we can, you know, together, you teach me, I teach you. And uh, that will bring harmony in the marriage. Amen. 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 God bless you for that. Okay, this concludes our session for this evening. God bless you guys. Um, I wanted to just pray with you, and then I'll hand it over to Pastor Steve. Lord, I just thank you for this time together, just going through this, how do we have fresh marriages. My prayer is that we all have successful families, Lord God. May our marriages all flourish. May they remain fresh. May they always bud. May the bonds of love between the husband and the wife grow deeper and stronger. And if there's any marriage that has lost their passions, may God restore you this evening in the name of Jesus. May you have that fresh and powerful love that God intended for you both in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Over to you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Jessica.